0: We have only recently had the opportunity to watch the final of the second series of the BBC competition All That Glitters, where for the first time one of our students also made the selection. She may not have won, but impressed many with her geometric designs and methodical approach. To talk about her trajectory as an aspiring jeweller to date and her experience taking part in the show, I'm excited to speak to Tian Lewis-Simmons. Following in the footsteps of her father, who is a diamond mounter, she has started a career in the trade as a goldsmith following her graduation of the academy. With much excitement, I would like to say welcome, Tian.
1: Thank you, Sophie. What a nice message. Thank you for having me.
0: Tian, to start, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do?
1: So right now I'm working as a jobber, jobber goldsmith. So that's someone that does repairs. But I also do my own private work, which entails bespoke jewellery design and uh, commissions. So I like to make stuff that you can't buy in the shop and that you can't find on Google anyway. Well, I hope to think that you can't find any of my designs on Google. I just like to make, I like to make things that move, but also I like traditional jewellery. So I'm currently working on a collection that hopefully will entail all of these things into one. So yeah. A lot of work going on.
0: <laughs> Our listeners may not be able to see you by now, but if they would, they would recognise you from having taken part in this BBC show, All That Glitters. What made you decide to take part in the show?
1: I never actually thought I'm gonna be on TV. My dream wasn't to go on TV, but I saw the first series and I was inspired by um one of the one of the previous contestants, Hugo, Hugo uh, Lewis really inspired me i said wow that's impressive so i thought he's quite young and um, i'm quite young so um, let's give it a go and uh, the rest is history
0: (laughs) and was it a difficult application process or did you feel that that was easy to complete
1: so the application process i'll be honest with you the hardest part i found was you had to do like a little intro video thing and that was the hardest part of the process they they give you some challenges to make sure that you're capable of competing on the show the uh, the challenge itself wasn't too difficult but they they give you a time limit even on the challenge so that was my first taste of working to a time a serious time and um yeah it was it was quite tricky but anything that's worth doing is tricky i say
0: that's a good philosophy to live by. It is fair to say that jewellery runs in your family, right? Because your father is also in the trade. What made you decide to follow in his footstep and go for a career in jewellery?
1: So um, I started my career in jewellery when I was around 17 because I've always liked the way things work and I also like shiny things. So I thought, wow, I can do both of them and have fun. My dad was a jeweller and I watched him making jewellery and it really it really wowed me to think that you can make something from from a strip of metal, or you can you can form stuff. And also I like figuring out how things work. Jewelry is quite a problem solving task. And um yeah, my first job wasn't jewelry, I had to do quite a few other jobs, but I've always gravitated back round to jewellery. So um Yes, even when I was a different job, this this is what I would research and I'm just, I'm just obsessed with jewellery, man.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. And jewellery, but not necessarily silversmithing or, or metalwork on a larger scale. Is there something about the small scale of it that interests you as well?
1: Yeah, so often people think that, oh, that's so small. How could you, how could you make something so small? And, um. When you're working with such a, to a, such a small scale, it's very satisfying. Very, you feel like very uh, like you've accomplished something. And um, I like making large stuff as well. A lot of people know me. Quite my jewelry is quite big, quite chunky, but um, I'm getting more into making fine, small, detail stuff.
0: What is the wearability of the piece? If it is a little bit larger, is that a question you ask yourself? How wearable does it have to be, or is that not of importance to you as much?
1: um I would say that I do consider wearability in my pieces. It is important that because what's the point of making a piece of jewelry that sits in the box in the jewelry box it has to you have to be able to wear it, so therefore i have to I have to accommodate these things into when I'm making it i have to so when I make my jewelry, it's not like normal. There's no textbook to it, so I have to kind of figure it out as I'm going along, and um, that's what I love about it. Every day is exciting. Every day is different.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Piece is ever the same, is it? When you make it, it's always a journey of discovery.
1: Definitely bespoke, one of one.
0: <laughs> when watching the show, I felt your your considered approach to the theme and your style really stood out. Did taking part in the program enabled sort of more development of your style or does it does that not really happen during the show?
1: The show they let me basically you have you have material um, restrictions so with me I like to make things big and I like to even if you're making something small sometimes you need extra metal to, to get the shape that you're trying to achieve so on the show I found that um, I was I was able to. Show my style, but not fully. For example, uh, the stuff I made on the show, if I made it at home, I would make it a lot better. A lot, lot better, yeah.
0: Yeah, those time restrictions as well when you're working with geometric designs.
1: I can I can take hours just measuring.
0: The toughest thing about it is the the short amount of time because as a jeweller, you have to take the time to measure, to calculate, to adjust, and then you can run. But if you don't have that time... It's tricky to get it done, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I'll definitely say, though, it it was good. It improved my designing. Um, It improved me. It allowed me to think out of the box. Yeah, and don't be scared to make whatever, whatever your heart desires, basically.
0: For those who haven't watched the show, there were challenges each week to produce bestsellers and bespoke pieces. Was there one particular challenge that you took part in that you found most challenging or most interesting?
1: Definitely. So episode 2 the spinner ring and the hairpin i was in love i was so happy the whole the whole episode i was just i was just like a Cheshire cat just just grinning the whole time
0: were there any sort of unexpected benefits of taking part in the program also now that it's been on tv
1: yes so the unexpected benefit of going on there was i've had um lots of people reaching out to me asking for for work and also I've had lots of kind messages, which I'm not really used to. I'm a private, very private person. So, yeah, I've been thrust out there into the limelight, but um, it's all been positive so far.
0: Oh, that's amazing to hear, because I think encouragement when you start out as a jeweller is actually really important.
1: Yes, confidence. I'd say confidence is very important.
0: And then in it is the second season of the show, and the group of participants was really strong. What did you feel like to compete with each other in these sort of challenges?
1: When I got there, I thought, oh, everyone's going to be really competitive. People, obviously, it's a competition; everyone is competitive. But they were all really nice. We um, was all because we all it was like a baptism of fire. We all knew. We, all, we were all going through the same thing, so there was no um, maliciousness, no animosity. Um, people were actually helping each other. People were giving tips and stuff. So it was really, it was really interesting to see because you know how jewelers are. People hide their the um, hide their methods and the like they don't want to they don't want to help you. You know, so yeah, it was really interesting.
0: Yeah, do you think that sort of this secretive nature is something that we should try and reduce in the jewelry industry because it's quite nice when you start to work together to achieve progress
1: yeah i think as an industry um we are becoming less secretive like for instance there's things out there that when i started when i was 17 you could never find them on the internet you, you had to physically know somebody to to know that so i do think that we are taking more steps in the industry and it, it will gain customers trust i feel that um people People want to know how jewelry is made. Like, when when I explain when I tell people I make jewelry, they don't actually know. People don't know. I don't know. Yeah,
0: Yeah, exactly. And a program like All That Glitters is actually helping, not fully because there is a lot to know about making jewelry, but it's helping to communicate some of those skills. Would you agree with that?
1: I would say it's definitely inspiring more more jewelers, more people to take up the craft. Some people might think, oh. Jewelry can be made in five hours, but that's a competition. If you really want to make jewelry, it can take months. It can take years. (laughs) But um, I'd say the show has—it's brought our industry into a limelight because there's not. Well, there is jewelers out there, but no one really passing on the craft. How do I explain it? No one's really passing down the the knowledge. I'm worried that one day it will get lost. If you know what I mean
0: you decided to come to the academy actually to learn more about the skills. What made you decide to do that rather than perhaps take on just the skills that your dad could teach you or stay within, for example, in in a company?
1: I'll be honest with you, there was no one really taking on anybody without experience. Um, A lot of people said, you know, you need to have a little bit of experience. So I went to college and um, I wanted to learn in a relaxed environment. I feel that yeah it's great to learn on the job if you have like no experience and you go into a jeweler's you're not i feel that you can learn more in a in an environment where you can make mistakes freely and that's what british academy of jewelry offered a safe place for me to make mistakes and teachers there to guide me the right way
0: that's nice to hear because yes i think when you also go in the stress of performing on the job immediately i think making Things with base metals as well before you go on to these really precious metals gives you an opportunity to learn skills before
1: you. Yeah, if you work on the base metals, me personally, I found this. If you can work with base metal and you can solder copper, brass, all of that stuff, you can solder anything. And I I think that's why the college do that. Copper and brass is so hard to solder. If you can do all of that, gold, Easy.
0: I learned myself with base metals and I say the same thing. It's like driving a car. You first want to drive on manual and then you can drive on automatic but you need to understand what's going on and I think with soldering, all the oxidization and the the dirt and you have to be so careful with base metals because it can go wrong so quickly. And then when you go on to gold you're like, Okay, this is an automatic, I don't have to think anymore.
1: Ah, this is a breeze, you know, like (laughs) of course base metal, if you work with that then, you know you can't wait to to get away from it. Get rid of the green fingers, you know. And the smell. Yes, and that as well. Oh, anyway, don't miss it.
0: I can see that there's no base metals in your future designs. Uh, no, not not
1: at the moment. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to use altern I call it alternative materials.
0: No, so a lover of the precious metals.
1: Yeah, I've I've had to do a few rubbish jobs as well. Like I've done. I haven't always done making jewelry and working in nice metals I've done some some hard jobs as well
0: but you have to do some harder jobs or different jobs to sometimes you know focus on the dream and I guess it's you know things come on our path and it goes the way it goes and you learn from every job a little bit to be honest so
1: Mm. yeah you take a little bit of skill from every job yeah I'd say that yeah definitely
0: nothing's ever wasted I would say and then for anyone thinking, you know, about applying to the show, would you have any sort of tips or guidance? Should they do it? What should they think about?
1: Okay, um, I think you should go for it because I was nervous. I didn't even think they were going to pick me. And um, I think anyone should go for it. Um, you don't have to be the best professional doer in the world. It's all about your designs, your passion and your heart. And um, try to do some timed challenges at home. Try and time yourself. Because in when you're making jewellery, it's very easy to get sucked in. And time goes very quickly. Um, don't know about you, but I can spend the whole day polishing or whatever. <laughs>
0: they call that state of flow. The clock is a, a thing that you don't re- realise exists.
1: Oh, is it? I didn't even know that. Thanks. See, I learned something here as well. So um, I would say definitely time yourself. Time yourself and keep track of what you're doing, and also have a plan. A plan helps. A proper plan with like, what what am I going to do at this time? I'm giving away all my secrets now.
0: Are you going to apply again to I don't
1: know. I don't know. Not next year, though. No.
0: finally, my last question is: What's in store for you for the future? Do you have anything that you'd like to share with the podcast audience? What should we be looking out for from you?
1: So right now I'm working on my new collection and it's all been handmade. So it's going to take some time, but it's coming slowly. Also, I'm working on a new website. So look out for that. Uh, so new pieces will be dropping on the Instagram. And and then once I've got the website going, they will go on there. Um, two of my rings that I made for a customer, um, she took them to Milano Jewellery Week. They got exhibited there. Yeah, so that was great. Yeah, so that was good news. And That's all i got going on at the moment, yeah.
0: Well, it's remarkable, you know, to get from studying at the Academy straight into a show like that and now working on your own collection. It, Yeah, people see something in UTM, so that's really good. It's really nice to hear. We're all very proud <laughs> at BHA.
1: Thank you, thank you thanks to all the teachers at British Academy of Jewellery for giving me the time off as well to go and do the show. That's it. I was in the middle of doing my final project and I had to take a couple of days off to go up to Birmingham. So it's all been a blur. It's It's all been a whiz since then. It's gone so quickly.
0: For young graduates to get exposure of their skills and craft is often very challenging. A TV show like All That Glitters enables us to have a look at the bench of jewelers from a range of backgrounds and with varying experience in the trade. In Tian's case we got to see an aspiring goldsmith and jeweler with personality and a unique approach. Gaining confidence and developing your style whilst working is an exciting journey, one which we aim to stimulate for students at the academy, and it is exciting we got to follow Tian's development after BHA. Thank you, Tian, for joining us today to shed a light on your practice and the experience you had. We look forward to seeing what you do next.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Next, I'll be joined by another guest. So watch this space to find out who it is. But for now, this was Sophie Boons for the BAJ podcast, All That Glitters Season 2 with Tian Louise Simmons. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.